everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Insiders on Real Estate and Marketing. I'm your host, Sandy Hibbert, and it's my co-host, Mr. Mark Miller. Hello, how you doing? President today? of Secured Title of Texas. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Super. Yeah. We have a good show planned today. We have a very special guest here, Mr. Marvin Jolly, who is the current chairman of TAR, Texas Association of Realtors, and a local agent with Keller Williams. Uh, we're going to dig deep and pick Marvin's brain about current Texas legislation that affects homeowners. So this might be something if you're a realtor that you want to pay close attention to, to glean some content for your marketing. And if you're a homeowner, definitely take notes because these are things that you're going to want to be apprised of and remember. So let's get this show going. Cool. How are you? I'm doing great. All right. Good. Good. Busy? Busy. Uh, transaction volume is still out there. Uh, you know, every Are you seeing any dips? I mean, is it just still just crazy well, out I mean, there? you just keep hearing low inventory, but we're still seeing contracts coming in. It's just I'm a little bit more, I don't know if I'd say alarmed or concerned, just at, you know, something goes on list, and next thing you know, it's, it's 100,000 over list. I just worry about the future value side yeah, of the yeah. equation for us. I was but. talking about that with my daughter this weekend because they're, they want to buy a home, but the, the, uh, the home that they're living in in the neighborhood they're in has outpriced them. Yeah. There's no way that they can afford a home. And I was curious, you know, what is going to happen in three or four years when people have bought these homes for these crazy prices? Are their homes going to be worth that? Or are they going to be in trouble? That's a good question. That's a good show. We might have an expert <laughs> about that. Yeah. 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 Well, tell yeah. us about our guest today. Yeah, super. This is a good friend of mine, Marvin Jolly. Uh, and Marvin, as Sandy pointed out, is, is the current chair of uh, TAR. I've uh, been in the business over 20 years, right? Uh, Marvin, he's with Keller Williams Plano, one of my favorite uh, companies up there in the Collin County market. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he served locally as uh, president of the local association in 2014. He was 2005 Realtor of the Year, which I, I just love. Wow. Uh, very active, uh, obviously, in the uh, side of the community in real estate. Uh, and he loves to get outside, outdoors, fishing, hiking, exploring, sailing, et cetera. He said in the you have time for that? Not this not, year. <laughs> not this year. Not yeah, this maybe year. again soon. Yeah. I hope so. But uh, I'm really uh, appreciate Marvin uh, joining us today. And uh, we're going to talk about kind of the uh, uh, legislative agenda that Marvin and they, they have set mm -hmm. through Texas Association of Realtors. Mm -hmm. We're going to drill down into some things. But mm -hmm. one of the things, though, I do want to kind of prompt you with to start with, Marvin, is just, I mean, you've obviously taken a committed pathway to serving. Uh, in your association locally and now eventually to the state of Texas and done it very well. And I'm just I'm curious to know how you got into that pathway and who, who if anyone, inspired you mm -hmm. to go down that pathway to, to be where you are now, to literally be the chairman of the Texas Association of Realtors. I mean, that's very impressive. Well, you know, thank you very taking much. Taking those high-paying Yes, exactly. Jobs. It's extremely high-paying. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, you know, they've doubled the salary over the last couple of years. But, you know, Mark, much like yourself, you know, I remember you were one of the first people I met in this business over 20 years ago um, at a local association event. And, uh, you know, Mark's always been heavily involved, giving back to yeah. the profession and to the community. And uh, that's, that's, that's the kind of people that I gravitated to. Several people were part of that. Um, uh, you know, my mentor, Mike Brody, has been a big part of it. Bob Baker has been a big part of it. You you know John Applegate very well. Oh, absolutely. John Applegate in Collin County <clears throat> handed me my, my very first application that said, you need to you need to apply to be on the board of directors. There you go. So, um, you know, I didn't know a lot, but I knew that there was an opportunity 
for all of us in the profession to have input. And you know, shaping the future, uh, you mm -hmm. gotta be at the table. Yeah. And so I started to see some of those things happen. And it was inspiring. Well, and, and, and you can get engaged and, and serve as you have, but then I think there's also a certain level of uh, compassion that begins to overtake mm -hmm. you and, and gives you that desire to continue to serve and, uh, and see what, how important it is that you do serve. And I, right. I think that's probably, and probably if you may not be a, like many people that say, you know, I don't know if I'm qualified to do that or not, but it, right. well, first thing is you just got to step up and serve. That's right. And you did right. that. Yeah. And I also think there's a big role for people who are active producers in the profession who are out there listing and selling properties. Um, it's really valuable when we have people like that in our leadership uh, in, our, in our leadership roles. And, and uh, I wanted to make sure and bring relevancy back to the <coughs> trenches, uh, you know, all the way to the state capitol. Good to go. Mm -hmm. Good, good. That's a real good point. Well, let, let's jump into some of them. And I don't have any, uh, I kind of lined out three or four, maybe five, but I really, let's jump in on the HOA because that's mm -hmm. one that's kind of right happening right now. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about the sure. HOA. So, what, what, what brought this about? What the concerns are and what we hope to, will be accomplished? Right. So homeowners associations are a really big topic right now. And that came as a result of 140,000 <clears> members <throat> in our organization across the state of Texas who raised their hand and said, you know, here are some issues. And of those issues, the HOA concerns were at the very top. You know, we listened to our members across the state of Texas. And then we have committees that look at these, these issues <coughs> and formulate our position on those. And, you know, some of my best friends are involved in homeowner associations. I'm, I'm involved. Uh, my wife served on the board in many cases. But we saw some cases, some situations where there was some overreach and where the fees were getting too high. <clears throat> you know, we have situations, Mark, where you and your team in the title industry get the privilege of, <laughs> of ordering those association oh, documents. Yeah. Yeah. And you're stepping up. It's not really part of your job, but you do it because <clears throat> it helps everybody in the transaction. So your team reaches out to order those transaction documents. <clears throat> and then you call the seller back and say, oh, by the way, Mr. Seller, here's the cost for these documents that you need to provide, that the seller needs to provide. And sometimes they know that it's two or $300, but they don't know it might be 800 or $1,000 at times. And so we just saw some cases across the state where those fees are really exorbitant and, and we think there's, there's a better way to do it. So what, we've, what we have on the Senate floor today, in fact, is a bill that would cap resale certificate cost at $375. It would also have a lot of transparency in the process back in association. So we heard situations where maybe a homeowner has a problem with the architectural review committee at their association and maybe there's action taken against them with the, with the architectural review committee. So then they appeal it to the board of directors. They go to the board of directors meeting and actually the same exact individuals that are on the architectural review committee are the board of directors. Yep. So that's not really a fair uh, due process for homeowners. And so we wanna see those two bodies separate so that the homeowner gets a fair opportunity. The other thing that's really helpful uh, in the legislation, and we're, we're looking forward to positive results, is we don't know how many homeowners associations there are in the state of Texas, simply because there's no master list of them anywhere. So our legislation would, would, would create a list at the Texas Real Estate Commission of all of the associations in Texas. TREC's not going to enforce them or, or, um, or get into the details of how that HOA is doing their business, 
but we just need to know if one exists or not. You know, you've probably seen cases where there is an association that may have been started in the 1960s or 1970s, but they're no longer active. So we just need to know who's operating and who isn't. Right. So there's transparency and clarity for homeowners. Yeah. So they're currently not being regulated at all? There is some regulation in the, that's a great question, Sandy. There's some regulation in the state, uh, in the statute, mm -hmm. but there's no master list of, you know, if you wanted to find all of them in Dallas County or Collin yeah, County, you, you don't Yeah, you can't know. regulate if you don't know who, where they are. Exactly, exactly. Interesting. The exciting thing about that type of legislation for us is that while it benefits realtors, it's really working for the homeowner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Texas Realtors obviously does, we take action that benefits our realtor members, but we also want to be the, the organization that goes to fight and protect and promote homeowners. Um, so it's really, uh, that's the satisfying kind of thing that we do. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you're really after uh, protecting private property rights. Exactly. And, and you've I been to a meeting. Mark. I have been That's to a meeting. That's exactly it. You've sponsored. <laughs> Your company has been very active involved in the, in the whole process. Right. You, you know right. the drill. Yeah. So, and it, you know, it's very frustrating too when you get into ordering these uh, and then you get into timeline crunches. And now suddenly, not only is it, you know, $500, but here's the super rush fee. Yes. On top of that. Yes. Well, why is there a super rush fee? Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to have it's one. It's just so a way to make money. It's just, well, exactly. It's piling on. That's right. And it's job yeah, security. Yeah. So, and, and speaking of piling on, that's exactly what it is. The other thing that we're seeing is the HOA board of volunteers, who, by the way, are usually wonderful people. So then they will go out and they will contract with association management company, you know, XYZ. And then what we found is association management company XYZ will then further subcontract out to another entity to produce their documents. So it seems like maybe there's a more efficient way, more cost-effective way to do Agreed. that. Agreed, agreed. I'm glad that's getting addressed. Good, good. Other uh, other topics kind of around, because you know we were talking about these houses selling and the obviously the prices of the houses going up. Yes. That leads us into appraisals, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. central appraisal districts, things mm -hmm. of that nature. What are some of the things TARs addressing and looking at associated with that? Well, one one big thing, as you're talking about these prices going up, prices are up 17% over last year. Yeah, North North Texas, right? That's a, that's, it's actually the, the number that's about the same for state as well as North Texas. Yeah. Yeah, 17%, <clears throat> which is great if you're an owner, yeah. a little harder if you're a buyer. Yeah. And so that's a challenge. And, and by the way, um, when is it going to end? You know, Sandy, you were talking about that earlier. When When is this off-the-charts escalation going to end? We don't know. It's unrealistic. I mean, we've seen this before. <clears throat> yeah, 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 <laughs> we have. It's going to be a curious thing. And, you know, with the pandemic, the interesting thing was when people could choose where they want to work from, Yeah. some of them said, you know what, I want to work from Texas. I want to work from North I Texas. I know. You know, so, and we have great infrastructure here from a broadband uh, process and great airports. So that brought a lot of people here. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so then that translates into appraisal districts. And, you know, a lot of our appraisal districts do a really good job. Some of them are less transparent and some of them are a little bit more challenging for property owners from the standpoint of getting information or protesting their taxes. And so we want all all of the appraisal districts, we have over 240 appraisal districts in the state of Texas. So that's a large number of entities. And you can imagine Dallas County or Harris County versus one of the incredibly rural counties. 
those are going to operate at a very different way, different level, different methods. We need a little bit of consistency in the consumer information process and how those are handled. So we're just looking for transparency and accuracy and fairness mm -hmm. with those components. Well, <clears throat> you know, we're in the business. So when we get our appraisal notice, I mean, we, we fairly, we can decipher it. Right. But I think the general consumer absolutely has a very, very difficult time. That's right. And understanding right. that and understanding the cap mm -hmm. associated with it. What does that really mean? And That's right. Uh, and then what you, does it mean? <laughs> Well, what does it mean? well, well there, there's a cap of 10% that your taxes can go up in any given year if it's your homestead. Okay. So you need to watch that, and hopefully the appraisal district would self-impose that cap, but you need to double-check that and make sure it's there. And then also, if you own a home, make sure you have the homestead exemption in place. Right, right. Some appraisal districts will <clears throat> compassionately work with you and maybe even retro that back a year or so uh, if it's not currently in place. But getting that homestead exemption is... Very important for multiple reasons. Right, another marketing opportunity yeah, for, for realtors, realtors to Absolutely. keep their clients mm -hmm. up front and center with them mm -hmm. by providing them information. That's right. I remember when I was a homeowner, and the first time I received that, I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. I just saw that big, huge number, you know, thinking, mm -hmm. oh my God, I've got to pay this right now. Right. And luckily, I was able to call my realtor and they mm -hmm. explained and mm -hmm. I learned a lot. And then being in real estate marketing, yeah. um, it's been one of the things that I've promoted for, for years. Is right. If you've got a market that you're farming, then mm -hmm. this is something that you should have on your yearly marketing schedule like clockwork. That's right. And you actually can get three hits out of it yeah. in, in a year, you know, a reminder, mm -hmm. a reminder the deadline. That's right. Yeah. I, you know, I've heard you say before, Sandy, that realtors should be the consultant, the advisor, the source of information. Yeah. And that's a great way for realtors to do it. It's a good start, isn't it? It is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all these other things that we're talking about too. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're a non-disclosure uh, state, sales disclosure. Uh, what, is there any movement legislatively related to that? You know, um, yes. <laughs> There is a move, it's a great question mark, there is a move that says everybody should have to declare the sale price when they buy a house. We should, and, and by the way, if you've ever bought property in another state, you sign the deed that takes the property into your name and then you sign a, a document that reports to the state exactly how much you pay for that property. And Texas is one of the last 17 states that is a non-disclosure state. And that's part of Texas being Texas. You know, yeah. we like to be independent and yeah. our thing is our thing. Um, and, and Mark, more recently, there has been a, a push to create open disclosure on that. And uh, it comes with when, when we have uh, reform to bring those tax rates down and those, those um, appraisals down, then the other part of it is, well, if we're going to get more disclosure on that, let's get disclosure on sale price. And uh, we just think that it's better for homeowners to keep Texas a non-disclosure state. So every session, the last three sessions, we've had bills filed and we've had to put our team together. You know, in Texas, realtors raise almost $6 million in PAC dollars. And uh, while we don't, we don't buy votes in the legislature, we, we support good people to get elected. Mm -hmm. And we support good people who are open to having conversations they don't always see eye to eye with us, but hopefully they'll they'll at least listen to all sides of the topic. And we just think it's better for to, 
for Texas to stay as a non-disclosure state, although it's being it's a, it's a harder and harder fight every session, it seems like. Well, let me ask you this. Why, if we're one of 17 states, the mm -hmm. rest have disclosure, mm -hmm. what are the pros and cons, or what are the sure. pros for having disclosure? Sure. The pros for having disclosure would be that the state knows exactly how much everybody paid, or the county then knows exactly how, how much everybody paid, and then they can just run their their tax rates off from that uh, and, and issue the bills. The, the challenge with that is we think it's a private matter. We think that what you paid for your home should be between the buyer and the seller. Obviously the realtors will know, but um, it's not anybody else's business. Is that information not available anywhere else? It is. It In is public records. It's no, no, not, it's not, yeah. it is not public. Mm -mm. Okay. No. And so, you know, th just the thought of I could take my smartphone <laughs> and I could go, oh, here's what I Mark paid for his day court over for that house on my you know, and last then, husband. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a, it's a lack of privacy. And, you know, in this world of big data, um, privacy is a bigger and bigger challenge. And we, you know, that may be, uh, that may, may be the last holdout, but we want to hold, hold out on that one. Right. Okay. Well, Good answer. And at the end, it's, it's. It's a, it's a valuation proposition that leads to a taxation proposition that's right. on the realty itself mm -hmm. to that side, much like mm -hmm. what other states have with tra transfer tax. Right. But uh, when we get those notices from the appraisal district on our taxes, then what's mm -hmm. it based on? If they don't know how much It should house... be based on like just, any, just like any appraisal would be based on a, a neighborhood, comparable uh, sales data, you know, the um, the newness of the of the properties, or right. have you got an area where they're rehabbing properties? So there's there's fundamentals of how you value a property, right? And should not be only on the basis of disclosure of the sales. You know, price. I, I even I even have the argument of if we do sales price disclosure, do we even need an appraisal district anymore? And because you could actually just take all properties, you could index them according to some escalation on an annual basis, and then that's what everybody pays. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it, we think the appraisal district process is better because it's really more thorough and it's fair, and it also, um, it also creates that level of privacy for homeowners, too. Well, and hopefully, um, I think this is more of a lack of consumer knowledge, but once you do get your notice of your appraised value, uh, uh, there's probably confusion and or fear about protesting Yes, yeah. your taxes as yeah. well. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not going to hurt you to protest, and, and you don't right. know how. Right, right. It's mm -hmm. it's not only mm -hmm. confusing and scary, but it's it's uh, you're stuck. You don't yeah. know what to do. That's right. You feel helpless. The other component, in addition to um, protesting the tax appraisal on your property, the part that we that we forget about a lot of times is that our cities have a taxing rate, our school district have a taxing rate. Our community colleges have a taxing rate. Our county has a taxing rate. So we encourage homeowners not only to think about protesting the tax appraisal on your property, if that, if that makes sense, but also get involved every year with your annual budgeting, your entity budgeting. Go, go down to City Hall and see what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, most, most of our cities and our counties are run by really good, sensible, balanced people. But if a citizen is not involved in monitoring that situation, you might have some concern about why are my taxes going up so much? <clears throat> so get involved. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. Good, good. So in your role as the ch chair, I mean, similar to the Texas Land Title Association in that, uh, is there someone in there that's sort of navigating through 
Austin and sort of getting a sense of what might be movements one way or another. Yes. What's, what's your intelligence you've got inside there kind of feeding back to you? You know, Mark, we, we are blessed with an amazing group of staff members in Austin. So we have a government affairs department that I, I think we probably have 15 plus people in that department who are inside the state capitol on a day-to-day -day basis for many hours, uh, both in the House and Senate chambers, as well as meeting with legislators face-to-face, -face, finding out how, how their, their thoughts are on various legislation. So we have, a, we have a team of staff in our government affairs department. We also have a team in our legal department. And between our, our government affairs staff and our legal team, they are reviewing bills. We, we tracked three or 4,000 bills this session. And then that group of, of paid advisors then reports to a group that we call the legislative management team. That's a group of 12 realtor members from around the state who are tasked with analyzing the information that our staff brings to us. And then our legislative management team makes the decisions on how we're going to, uh, to, to move on each bill. And they also get input from four separate committees that look at different areas in legislation. So it's a it's a well-oiled machine. Um, Nonpartisan? Nonpartisan, absolutely. In fact, we call ourselves the Purple Party, the Realtor Party. Uh, you know, for <laughs> some realtors think the Realtor Party is 5 o'clock, you know, on Friday. <laughs> I, you know, I know that never happens. It's not. You know, right? It's that too. <laughs> but, uh, but the Realtor Party, the Purple Party, uh, we are literally almost down the middle on our, on our contributions to both Republicans and Democrats. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, anything, I mean, I've kind of touched on a few things, but is there anything else that just kind of comes front of your mind of things that you're looking at across? Because you've got, what I looked at was about 29 different there's bullet, a, there's bullet a lot. There's a lot. To there. Uh, anything else that sort of would be kind of on your radar in any way? Well, uh, one thing that has changed the way we all live and work after the pandemic is broadband, you know, internet access. There you go. Yeah. And so while here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we have really great access. However, a lot of our friends in this area have decided, you know, maybe they want to buy that property on the lake or out, you know, out in the country, and they're starting to move that direction. We have a lot of our clients that are that are gravitating to a little more of a rural setting. And what we found is that rural Texas has a real challenge with internet access. And so in this pandemic environment and post-pandemic environment, where people can work from anywhere, there are some places that they can't work from. And so we would like to see a stronger broad-based, broadband internet network across the state of Texas. We think that helps property values. It helps people to enjoy life, uh, to yeah. do work. It'll, it'll help them on income. So we, we really wanna, you know, we, we talk about roads and bridges um, and, and recently electricity infrastructure. Should be part of the infrastructure That's right, that's right, Sandy. Absolutely. We, we think internet is part of those, one of those vital components of infrastructure awesome. I saw highlighted on here irrigation districts. Is that what, what kind of, you know, what you so, want to touch on that? Yeah. Just, so what's yeah. so interesting, Mark, is, um, you know, as a guy from North Texas, I can talk about HOAs all day long. We can talk about golf, all that stuff. <laughs> I have learned so much about the world outside of Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, we have 16 regions in the state of Texas in our, in our realtor association, and we visit every one of those. We visit Amarillo, Lubbock, McAllen, El Paso, uh, Longview, Texarkana, Beaumont, and it is so interesting to see the world outside of Dallas-Fort Worth. 
And one of those, those aspects is the irrigation districts. So down in the valley and then also out in, um, in some of the drier parts of West Texas, water is a struggle. Water, uh, and, and, and it's an economic thing. So uh, irrigation districts operate a little bit like homeowners associations from the standpoint that they can control activity within a certain geographic area. And there are rules that homeowners need to be, property owners need to be aware of there. So we're cleaning up a few things uh, in that arena and it primarily relates to South Texas and West Texas. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a big task. It is a big task. Well, yeah. water is a big issue anyhow. Water mm -hmm. is a big issue. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. Particularly with the growth we're experiencing here in North That's right. Texas. That's right. Well, I think that we're going to wrap up. Okay. This has been cool. interesting. Yeah. And so let's let's look at our three takeaways. Um, Marvin, let us know what your three main things you want to drive home for homeowners and realtors today. Sure. Well, Sandy, the thing that we like to, to tell our realtor members and also our homeowners but primarily our realtor members is, if real estate is your career, politics is your business. Oh, wow. And it's, if you're not at the table, you might be on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So we'd like to see realtors get involved. Uh, get involved with your local association, attend a government affairs committee meeting, see who they're interviewing to support in city council, um, find out who your state representative is. You know, Mark's always been a big proponent of, of finding out who your legislator is and communicating with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So all those things are important and, and we really need to be intentional in those things. Yeah, good. That's a good one. Mark? Well, uh, I think the thing that's always interested me about our industry, and I put this in the uh, real estate side and on the title side as well, is PACs are so incredibly important to our continuation to be able to uh, provide the services we provide and be the structure that we have, et cetera. And I'm just amazed at the lack of participation. And I don't want to—I don't want to be the the downer side of it, but I think just with a minimum participation, contributing to tr to tree pack, thirty-five dollars, thirty-five bucks, yeah. title pack, twenty twenty-five bucks, yeah. can make such a substantial difference. If you got engaged beyond that, mm -hmm. so that I'm—I've been nominated to go on to the pack board for TLTA. Yeah. Uh, because I just think it's so important, and I just we I think we get so down into the activity of buying, selling, and closing real estate that we forget about how all of that happens. That we are able to earn mm -hmm. to earn a living mm -hmm. doing what mm -hmm. we do because yeah. of the structure that we have. So I really think you need to get in, engaged and pack for one thing. Uh, what an incredible opportunity uh, just on this agenda that Marvin's established uh, to educate the consumers about private property rights. And to use that as a venue to become an ex to to solidify yourself as an expert in in real estate, yeah. uh, because at the end of the day, we they look at us to valuation side, but there's so many other things that circle around that. I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then the last thing, which Marvin touched on, I would concur with, and that is know know your local representatives and, and your state representatives, because that's your voice there, yeah, and you have access to them. Uh, and every time I've ever reached out, I've always gotten a reply back. I've right. always been able to talk to someone. I've always gotten an email acknowledging whatever I've sent in objection or support to that side. So we just can't discount the importance of the political system and what we do to earn a living in the space that we're in. Yeah. So those so. would be my three. You know, I remember uh, working inside a large brokerage as their marketing department. A number of years ago, and that was where I first learned about uh, the PAC 
and I didn't know anything about that before as a marketer. Mm -hmm. And they were really good about educating their agents mm -hmm. about that. And mm -hmm. so I think that with all the influx of new realtors that have come into the business over the last five years, mm -hmm. there's probably a real lack of education by the brokerages right. about this. Yeah. So it's a big job to educate It, it is, it is, but maybe some, some good marketing materials <laughs> to send out to your agents and, and some seminars and some things like that. That's what we did over there at Century 21. And, the agents were kind of, you have to learn this. Right. You know? So I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, my three takeaways on marketing is, oh my gosh, this is a huge marketing opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, being involved, like you said, Marvin, and not just selling houses, which I know takes so much time, right. but uh, creating an opportunity for marketing with these things, these agendas, these topics that happen to be in the government, that happen to be in the world of real estate, Texas Realtors. Um, so I think paying attention to these things, like what we've been talking about over the last couple of episodes that mm -hmm. we've had, pay attention, get in the game, get involved, learn, do all that you can to be someone who's providing um, not only information about the local market when it comes to the sell of a home, but market, but information about the home market in itself, the neighborhoods where people live, the parks. You know, all of these kinds of things provide an opportunity for you to be able to set yourself up as the resident expert. And, and if you're farming, then that's a no-brainer. Farm, use direct mail to do these things. It's old school, I know. Some of you don't want to hear this, but um, don't kick the baby out with the rest of the stuff because the old school marketing, farming in an area with direct mail pieces that are consistent, that's not just telling people about you, but offering information that, as I've always said, winds up on their refrigerator because it's that important to them. So definitely do that. Second thing, get a blog because having a blog on your website will enable you to take information like this to even go snag some of Marvin's blog articles or speaking videos and things like that to bring over and put on your website that you can push out then to your social media. So blogging isn't just about you sitting down in the afternoon and, and coming up with something to write about that you know strokes your feathers. It's about providing a place on your website that is a constant flow of current and pertinent information about real estate. So that's one thing that I want to drive home today. This kind of information is perfect for blog posts. Um, lastly, choose a neighborhood, choose an area to get involved in, choose your passion, talk to your broker, call Marvin, email him, find out how you can get involved. And the more knowledge that you have and the more knowledge that you bring to the table, the more knowledge that you put out there through your social media, I promise you, is going to build relationships and attract preference for your brand and for your services. So marketing, real estate, politics and mm -hmm. stuff goes hand in hand. We need to know what we're doing. The title company is your friend. The title company, Mark and his team, has tons of information that you can also utilize and ask for flyers and brochures that you can actually utilize on your blogs and in your social media too. So that's my marketing twist on all this, guys. Um, if you've missed any of our episodes, please go over to theinsiderspodcast.com and they're all right there. You can go to our IGTV on Insiders Podcast on Instagram. They're all there. And we hope that you enjoy these. Next month, we'll have another treat for you. And in between times, be good, sell lots of real estate, 
contact these guys and get that information. Ciao. Ciao.